Hey everyone, and welcome to the Yes I Can podcast, where our mission is to inspire and empower you to transform your life and transform the world by being fully, unapologetically, authentically you. I'm your host, Paul Can, and every week we are going to share amazing stories, strategies, and coaching to help you break through your limiting beliefs and supercharge your greatest superpower, the power of you. Your best life awaits. Let's go. Hey there, and welcome to another episode of the Yes I Can podcast. Thank you so much for joining me again for another week. I really appreciate you being on this journey with me, and it's definitely been just incredibly interesting this past year. Um, The very first time I posted an episode, which was way back in November of 2020, there has been a lot that has happened since then, and it really has been a journey of me to really figure out in terms of what this podcast really is all about who I am within this podcast and what does it look like for this to be an expression of me, an expression of authenticity, to really be a platform to highlight as well as really showcase what is possible when we stand fully unapologetically, authentically as ourselves. And it really has been a journey because it really started with some of my own content and then I did a ton of different interviews and it really has been this ebb and flow of understanding what is my flavor, what is authentic for me in terms of my voice on this podcast. And so thank you for being on this journey with me as I've also continued to discover and rediscover and also continue to really figure out what it is that is my true authentic voice for how I'd like to express myself on this podcast and and what I want this po- this podcast to be all about. So, you know, thank you for being <laughs> on this experimental journey with me. I feel like I'm still very much in it. And at the same time, I'm really excited because I, I feel like every single time, every single time I, I record a podcast, it gets closer and closer to me figuring out what really works and, and what doesn't work. And for me, I've uh, really enjoyed the last two episodes with my wife. That was probably one of the first times, and especially since she's she's my best friend as well. And I just feel so at home and so comfortable talking to her that um, I've really been trying to figure out that kind of missing spark for um, conversation and that missing spark for um, interesting conversation on this podcast here. And um, I'm, I'm just uh, really grateful that she was uh, willing to kind of be my guinea pig there. And one thing that I've uh, also continued to really explore is around my own individual episodes and what are those all about and what is the purpose and what exactly do, what is the message I want to send and and what is really the purpose of those. So I've really been playing around uh, with different topics of of what I want to talk about. And a lot of times they are based on what I'm going through in this particular season in my life. And that's what I feel like makes it the most authentic because I can really speak from personal experience and it's not only relevant for me in the moment, but it also is on my heart. And I think that's the best way that I can really express myself on this podcast is to come from my heart every single time before I jump on. I uh, I don't script everything out. I just kind of give some thought in terms of what I want to talk about. I put down a few points and I really speak from the heart. So whatever you hear from me, it's really about me just connecting to what's in my heart at the moment, as well as connecting to what I feel like is uh, for the person that's on the other side, listening to this at the moment, what is that message that, that would really serve you in this moment? And one thing that I really have been sitting with and something that I've really struggled with my whole life is around permission. I often find that I am waiting for permission to speak or permission to express myself. And definitely when I was a kid, I definitely was 
always constantly waiting for permission from my parents, waiting for permission from people around me to give me the green light and be given the floor to express myself and what's not only on my mind, but my truth. And one of the things that I've really grappled with since I've come out as a transgender man a couple of years ago is this still waiting for permission, waiting for permission to be seen and waiting for permission to be heard. And one of the things that has been scary for me is the anticipation as well as that fear of being confronted and being face-to-face in a full-blown debate with others about who I am, fundamentally who I am as a transgender man, like questioning and having to debate about the validity of my experience. And often when I come across content on social media, it brings me back to that place of when I am seen on a more elevated stage or a more public stage that has a much more diverse group of people, diverse as in people that aren't necessarily in agreement with who I am or agreement of who I am, people that are possibly very conservative, close-minded, very Christian, very also, they are very, very, they have a hard stance on their version of their truth. And of course, right now we are nearing elections, re-election, or no, sorry, not re-election, but the kind of midterms. And there's a lot of, of course, ads. And um, there's been a lot of media just around transgender people and also a lot of anti-transgender laws that have been popping up more and more in the past couple of years. And it's really kind of almost slid under the radar sometimes. But if you really look at it, there has been a plethora of anti-transgender laws that have been popping up all over the country. And it's really interesting for me because for me, I'm a pretty new to America, although I'm not new to America in that way. Uh, For me, being from Canada, US, the US news as well, what happens in the US is very much all over Canadian news. It's very much paid attention to what happens in the US. We definitely keep a close eye on. So it's not like I'm completely new to what happens in the US. And of course, my wife is American and my family is, my wife's family is American. And so for me, having been in the States for the past uh, several couple of years now, several years, call it that, and being immersed in American society, definitely it is a little bit of a different perspective. And in terms of the the polarities between political parties and the polarities between opinions is real. It is very jarring. And there definitely there is a lot of division. And something that is um has been interesting for me being in this space is constantly feeling like, well, if I do, especially with the platform that I'm in, and for me being a keynote speaker and a public speaker, um, there is definitely that that question for me that comes up around, well, how will I handle media when people start, more and more people discover who I am? And there are some very strong opinions that oppose the very existence of who I am. And I have been scared to engage in a debate with others about who I am because I 
myself am also in the learning process around transgender issues and to statistics. I mean, just because I am transgender doesn't necessarily mean I am an expert that is looking to represent all transgender people. And that has been a stance that I've taken from day one is that I'm the expert of my own experience and I'm the expert of what I have gone through. But at the same time, I don't, I don't pretend to represent all transgender people and I don't pretend to know everything about what it means to be transgender from the entire spectrum of the science of it, as well as the statistics of it. And even from a transgender issue standpoint, I very much have been sheltered in that because I spent uh, a majority of my life being in stealth mode, being in hiding. And so I really didn't associate with the transgender community and also didn't really immerse myself within um, uh, learning about aside from what I, of course, needed to learn for for my own journey, uh, but really stepping outside of that and being involved in the advocacy of that from a public standpoint. And so I felt very unprepared. I still at times feel very unprepared because I myself am still learning. And whenever I, I notice myself that whenever I go on social media, I would be, I would come across these different pieces of content of people from the conservative media or people that have a very conservative stance that are talking about transgender people, transgender issues, and they are debating and they are presenting their side to invalidate the existence of transgender people as and, and invalidating basically our, our experience as well as just you know who, who we fundamentally are. And I noticed that I would constantly be checking the comment section. And me and my wife were having a conversation about this um, a few weeks ago around her noticing that I would constantly be checking comment section, regardless of whether or not it was about being transgender or not, um, in terms of that piece of content, but I would constantly be checking the comment section. And she, and she was asking me, you know, why do you constantly, well, I noticed that you check, check the comment section very often. Why do you do that? And the thing that I noticed in that moment when I really paused and reflected on that was I constantly check the comment section because I am wanting to see what the common sentiment is. I want to see if there is where people stand. I want to see if there are any signs of people turning a, a t of a turning of a tide of, of showing signs of people changing their minds and being more open. And then almost like a waiting for permission for it to be safe for me to come out and speak my mind and speak my truth. And what I realized is that yes, there are more people that are open and willing to, uh, to, to, to take on or to consider a new perspective around transgender people um, or transgender issues overall. But at the same time, there are still a huge population of people that are very committed to being right about their opinion, very committed to being right about their experience. And so I asked myself at one point, what would happen if I was in a debate? What would happen if I was in an argument with someone who was ultra conservative? What would come out of that? I mean, number one, what is the purpose of a debate? What was the purpose of an argument? And I realized that often in society today, the purpose of a debate or an argument is to determine who is right or wrong. When 
the actuality of the purpose of a debate or an argument is the expression of different viewpoints, is to open up new perspectives, is to allow for permission to express our voice, and to be able to respect the humanity of the person that's standing across from me, which is, I feel like, an art form that has been lost um, recently in our current culture. Recently in our current culture, it's about you know people getting canceled or people, someone has to be right or wrong or victorious coming out of that debate. We go into it needing to change the other person's mind. When my question that I came up with when I was thinking about that was, can, can both sides exist? Can there be an agreement to disagree? Because I thought to myself, well, if I came out of a debate, came out of a conversation with someone who is ultra conservative about the existence of transgender people and the validity of transgender people, whatever it is that they express, would that change my mind? Would it change my viewpoint? Would it change my life? Would I go home and all of a sudden decide to revert back on all of my surgeries and my entire process and change my name again and and uh, you know, change all of my legal documents, and would I then uh, divorce my wife, and would I then you know leave my family and go pursue this this other life because this person had a debate and an argument with me about the validity of my experience, and that they don't agree with the way I live my life, and they don't agree with the way that um, that I am. Would that change that? And the answer was no. I would still go back to my wife at the end of the day. I would still go back to my son. I would still go back to my family. I'd still be Paul. I'd still be a man. And I would still be who I am. There is no, there is no debate that would change that. So what is the point of the debate in the first place? And what I noticed is that there was definitely an insecurity around almost if I came up to a point and, and the person across from me expressed a point that I couldn't in that moment, come up with a, a rebuttal for that there was an insecurity of like of oh like an oh shit like I can't defend myself. Do I then not exist? Like, am, is my existence then not valid? And what I realized is a lot of times in conservative media, as well as many kind of ultra conservative opinions, and when they show these different clips on social media. And I have been watching some of these. And, and here's the thing is that I, I feel like it is valuable to also be able to be educated on the opposite of our own opinion and experience because it just gives us a viewpoint to see what other people are saying. And it is, does exist. It's okay. To, we don't have to live within our own bubble. Like it's okay to know that opposing viewpoints do exist. And it's not about all of us having the same opinion or all of us coming from, from the same viewpoint. But what I realized in a lot of these clips and a lot of these viewpoints, especially around transgender issues, is that they often use logic or scientific, quote-unquote scientific reasoning, to disapprove the humanity of an individual, to disapprove or discredit the humanity of an individual because here's the thing is that i noticed that the same debate that people keep using for example they'll say oh you know um back then uh, i mean decades ago right before it was about transgender people it was about gay people 
And it would be the same type of logic that would be used, which is, hey, so if we're going to allow two men or two women to love each other and be in marriage, uh, be in a relationship with each other and be married, then what's next? Are they going to marry goats? Are they going to marry rocks? Are they going to marry buildings? Are they going to marry grass? Are going to marry trees? And they're using that same type of debate today with transgender people. And I noticed that there was an argument. It's around, hey, can you say that you are, if you are Asian, that you wake up one day and you say that you're black? Can you wake up one day and say that you're Italian? Can you wake up one day and say that you're 60 years old when you're actually 25? And they'll use that logical debate to try to discredit and dis, to discredit the humanity of an individual's experience. For example, with gay people, it was that no matter how they debated it or cut the pie, that these two people, regardless of their gender, loved each other. And for transgender people today, it's that regardless of people's uh, opinions about it, is that their reality, so my reality, is that I am a man. I am male. And it doesn't matter what anyone else's opinion of that. That is my truth. But at the same time, a lot of times there's logic that disapproves the humanity of a person's experience. And they'll utilize the scientific evidence, quote-unquote, that works in their favor. And then at the same time, discredit other scientific reasoning and evidence that proves otherwise. And so what I realized is that it's okay for different people to have different opinions, but it is not okay to not respect each other as humans. That is the part that I view is missing because here's the thing. My existence is not up for debate, just as your experience is not up for debate. And why have we allowed for our existence to be up for debate? Whether it is our gender, our sexuality, or it's our, uh, our passions and our dreams and our personal visions for our lives, who we love and what we like to do, what drives us, what makes us really excited about, why do we have to keep allowing for other people to debate the validity of it? So when I think about many people that have a dream to go create their own business or have a dream to be an artist or have a dream to be on stages or have a dream to be singers or you know whatever it is they have to justify that just as i see a lot of for example um you know my wife goes through this as well right now as she is she is a stay at home mom and of course she has her, her own dreams and her own vision for her own business that she's working on is that there also has to be a debate around having to justify why someone wants to be a stay-at-home mom or why someone, for example, needs to be a stay-at-home dad. That's a, there's a lot of shame around that. Or needing to justify if someone goes into a career for a long time and has a good salary and all of a sudden says, this doesn't serve me anymore. I want to go in a different direction. Um, or someone that doesn't want to go to university or go to college and pursue a different path. Right Or be able to speak their truth about maybe a trauma that they went through and wanting to be free of that. I wanted to be able to express that openly and let go of the hold that it has on them. Why do we need to have that up for debate? Why do we need to wait for permission from the world, from other people to, for us to be able to just express our truth? Like how often do we allow that? How often do we allow for other people to need to validate our existence or, or us need to seek that validation? Because here's the reality is that there's no quote unquote Truth with a capital T, which we each, everybody tries to debate for. It's like, my truth is the capital T, but here's the thing. That's true. Your truth is the only truth that there is. 
There is no ultimate truth. And what we can stand by is our truth in this moment. And why is it that that can't be respected? Why is it that that can't coexist with other truths in the world? It's okay to have a different opinion. What is not okay is disrespecting others and putting other people down and taking other taking away other people's humanity and not giving them the decency to be treated as a human being with love and respect and kindness. That part is not okay. It's okay for other people's opinions to exist. But know that my existence is not up for debate, just as your existence is not up for debate. So no matter what other people's opinions are, at the end of the day, our truth, our existence is still valid and still is existing in the world. Just like, you know, me going home to my wife and my child and to who I am as Paul, that's not going to change no matter whose opinion is in front of me. And so what I realized is I'm not interested in debating my experience, but what I would be interested in is a expression of different perspectives and the willingness at the end of it to be able to walk away, even if there isn't a call it conversion of of perspectives, right? So even if the other person sitting across from me still doesn't necessarily believe in transgender people and doesn't believe in the, the existence of them and doesn't believe it's right, that they can still sit across from me and respect me as a person and that I can sit across them and respect them as a person and we can agree to disagree and know that my existence is still valid. Whether or not they believe in it, like I'm still here. I'm still going to be Paul. That's not going away anytime soon. And that we can have a mutual respect for that, even if there's a difference in opinions. And so anyone's existence is not up for debate. But I think what is possible is a conversation around different perspectives and being able to still sit across from that person and be able to respect them as a human being. I think that's a really powerful thing. There was a incredible uh, story around this black man that decided to befriend the leader of the KKK and became very good friends with him. If anything, actually at the very end of, at the, I think years into it, he actually, the head of the KKK, he walked away from the KKK clan, the Ku Klux Klan. Like he walked away from that. He became very, very good friends with this man. And even though they had differing opinions, when he would, that black man, when he would show up to those rallies that he would say, Hey, you know what? This is my friend here, even though we have different opinions, like no one gets to mess with this guy. And that's amazing that that can coexist in the same space, that you can be friends and still love and support each other as human beings, even though you might have differing opinions. And I think that's what's missing right now is we feel like we have to cancel each other out in order for one per, for, in order for us to exist. Like, I got to cancel you for me exist. Well, no, I don't need to do that. You can have your own opinion and that's fine. And I can have my own opinion. But at the same time, what does not get to be debated is whether or not we exist as humans. That part is not okay. I feel like we really get to come to a place to really love and, and respect each other as humans and allow for the evolution of perspectives and to really understand where that perspective came from. And I just think about how much more progress will we make as a country? How much more progress will we make as a world, as a humanity? If we can open up space for 
people to meet eye to eye and be able to understand the other side, where they came from. And for love to exist, no matter what, that you can walk away from no matter what the conversation is and be able to love and, and respect, the, have love and admiration and respect for the person on the other side. Um, and that your opinion in this existence can exist without having to invalidate the existence of the other person across from you. So I wanted to share that today because I, I feel like often we do allow for, for ourselves to be up for debate. And I want to let you know that no matter what your truth is, no matter what you, your stance is, no matter who you are and how you're showing up, that I see you. And that is valid just as it is. And you do not need to seek a green light. You do not need to seek the okay from anybody else except for yourself to know that you're worthy enough just as you are, that you are seen and heard, that you have a place in this world just as you are. And you do not have to prove yourself and the validity of your experience to anybody else. The only thing that you need is to give yourself permission to exist in this world as perfectly who you are, and that is enough. And so thank you so much for, for being in this conversation with me today. I'd love to hear your thoughts. I'd love to hear your opinion about this, around what opens up from you from this conversation. Um, and if this serves someone that you know, um, I, please do share this with them. Um, if this would make a difference for them today, share it, like it, comment. Um, you know, it really does make a big difference. And I really appreciate you, appreciate you being a part of this journey with me. And until next time, keep being fully, unapologetically, authentically you. We'll see you next time. The Yes I Can podcast is directed by Paul Can. Executive producers of the podcast are Paul Can, Chelsea Lynn, and Joyce Sauce.